0: Believe everything helps. Well, 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 what's up everybody? I think we're going to pump breaks on that one But I just wanted to take a second and give a uh, You know, shout out to Big Boy Upstairs Because without him, we wouldn't be able to do do what we do And be here for you guys to hear us Today, today, this day Well, this is your boy, K the Felix of Love, along with uh, my esteemed colleague Dr. Matt, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Lamont. Good to hear your voice. How are you today?
0: I'm 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 blessed, man. Except I got a problem, man. Maybe you could help me out with it. You know, first we gonna give a shout out to all the fathers um, all over the world. Today is Father's Day, and uh, ladies, there are some good fathers out there. I just wanted to put that out there too. But I got a problem, man. <laughs> right. Tell me, tell me, What's man. Your I come I come every day. I mean, see, I say not every day, but every Mother's Day, you know, we can go down the street, man, you see balloons and and, and bears and <laughs> candy and all that stuff. But how come daddies don't get that, man? How come they don't have no, you know, no cigars or some some drawers or some box of candy on the corner for the fathers, man? We don't get no love like that. How come?
1: I don't know man I don't know what happened to you But I got mine today I don't know You didn't get yours You're whining already the day's not even over <laughs> No what well, I'm just saying I mean You can usually right. drive Mothers down do any street On
0: Mother's Day And see it lit up everywhere For the mama That's true But daddies don't get that And I just want to know no. Why not And maybe somebody no. listens They can call and tell me about that Because I was a good daddy You know what I mean
1: Yeah Okay
0: all right, with so much of that, man. Let's welcome our guest to the show. I'm excited. Miss Luann Hunt, are you with us?
2: Yes, hi, how are you? Happy Hi
0: Luanne.
1: Welcome. Hi. Thanks for the happy Father's Day. Lamont's feeling bad for himself today. So hope you make him feel better. <laughs> no, I'm not
0: I'm not feeling bad. I just wanna know how come we don't get equal love. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> i'm not hey, Luan, Luan, I'm not, we not we're we
0: not always crazy on this show. you have to forgive Matthew <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah I, I don't have much experience in that uh department, so uh I don't have any children or anything so
1: well, Luann, you are blessed, and you are good for for uh, Lamont because you he can pronounce your whole name and get it right, and that's not <laughs> always easy for him. <laughs> 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 he's got an easy name for now he always lets me try to introduce people and i mess up their names and then he gets to be right about how wrong i was so you got an easy <laughs> name and we are very happy to have you and it sounds like you've been doing some really great stuff with the music and i hope we're going to hear a lot about this today about how you really look at what you call strategies for success, how you overcame some unconscious beliefs. But before we get to that, I'd like to kind of formally and properly introduce you. Do you want to do that, do You want me to do that?
0: No, I was allowing you to do it before you cut You're, me off earlier, talking about I are. couldn't properly introduce her, uh, pronounce her name correctly. <laughs>
1: You would have probably said Anne or something like that I don't know so hey, let me, Just, let me because, just because
0: I know how to ride a horse Don't mean I would have pronounced it incorrectly Oh
1: boy Well I think you're ahead of me on that one So let me introduce Luann Anne is a Hall of Fame indie country star And she has some really kind of amazing things that she's done She's She's in the country, folk singing, and also is a songwriter. And throughout her career, the Independent Superstars Hall of Fame inductee has built an impressive list of accomplishments, including scoring num- numerous number one hits on independent country music charts around the world. She's best known for her chart-topping single, Christmas Without You, which was recently named by Sweden's largest daily newspaper. I know I'm going to mess this one up. Dagens Nyheter, one of the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Christmas Without You also landed on two best of 2015 female country holiday song lists in the major online U.S. publication called Auto Straddle and Truckers News. And Luanne has been working hard at making quality music for 20 years. You're older than you look, Luann. Her efforts <laughs> paid off big time in 2007 when her CD, Breaking Through, produced two hit singles on U.S. and European charts. The enchanting solace in the wind reached number one in the European Country Music Association's chart in Belgium in 2010. And her latest single, which I was listening to today, Texas Tears recently landed at number one on Europe's premier Airplay Express chart and has remained in the top spot for several weeks. And finally, along with her radio and chart success, Luann also is a two-time American Songwriting, songwriting Awards winner, and she won a 2010, 2015 Hollywood singwriting, Songwriting – I can't talk this – Afternoon, a 2015 Hollywood Songwriting Contest Award for her folk rock tune, The Last of the Brave Ones. Luann, you have been busy, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you
0: had time to talk to us. For 20 plus years.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, 20 years. That's a long time, huh?
1: Well, not yeah. to not to not to me and uh, Lamont, of course not. No, but it is to other people. Not to us. We're way older than you are. So, Especially the way Lamont, knowing
0: is, how you know the industry has changed over the past twenty years. I know you've you've seen a lot of the changes that's you know taking place, you know, in the industry as far as uh, indie music is concerned. So, what 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 got you started in the business? What what when did you know that you wanted to be in this? wonderful industry
2: well i you know i always kind of knew throughout my life that i wanted to be doing something in entertainment whether it was acting singing dancing um you know everything as a child indicated that that's was you know the direction that my life was going to go in the singing i wasn't real naturally good at and it didn't really look for a long time like I, I was going to pursue a career down that road, but something in my heart just kept calling out to the music. So I decided I was going to try to see if I could become a good singer. <laughs> not not so much to be rich and famous or anything, but just because I felt like, you know, it's just something I, I felt like I wanted to achieve, to, to be good at singing.
0: Who, who was your uh, who, who was your worst? Uh, should I say your worst or best critic? Was it you or was it you know other people?
2: I went through a lot of ridicule from close family members whenever hmm. they would whenever they would hear me sing, and if I ever expressed any feeling that I wanted to do that on any kind of serious level, it was sort of like, oh, you know, I think you need to go in a different direction. You're really horrible and. You're toned wow. Up and this and that and the other thing. You know? wow. so.
1: you you're Dude, saying it's that. it's amazing Matt, that, that you Matt, went you, through that and that you got through it.
0: Matt, you saying yeah. that but it's it's a lot more common. It's a lot more common than you think. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of parents and I see it a lot. A lot of parents, you know, they work, uh do whatever it is they do during the day, they come home and a lot of kids sometimes they're they're singing and practicing their little hearts out. You know, and the first thing, you know, a parent would say, well, get out of here with that noise. Or I'm trying to watch the news and they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of like, you know, poured a little bit of water on the flame because the child is, you yeah. know, really, really trying. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They're really trying. Instead of the parent saying in another way, a little bit more encouraging, well, could you go in another room? Or I mean, you know, just phrase that a little bit differently. Get out of here with that noise. I'm tired. I worked all day. Shut up. You sound like a rake, a rake on the cement.
2: Right, right. Wow. Yeah, I, I, and I never understood why they didn't foster my creative side because I was, a, I was really good at dancing. I always got all the roles in the school plays. I was, I was just creative all the way around. And I thought, so what's up with the singing? You know, why not be behind that too? It just seems, just seemed kind of bizarre. It's almost like they were, they were threatened by the idea of it or something. You know that I didn't want to just grow up and become a nurse or a teacher or something, you know.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: they they had already uh, did a road map of what they wanted your life
1: to be.
2: Right, right.
1: Luann, so. how, how would you say you survived that?
2: I'm really sort of, uh, you know, I'm very one-track-minded when it comes to things that I want, and there's really nothing that can stop me from, going toward a goal Hmm. i can hit i can hit obstacles i can get upset for a few minutes if somebody makes fun of me or tells me i can't do something but then i rebound back and i come back stronger than ever and more determined than ever so i sort of thrive in adversity i think that's but that's just a natural trait that i have
0: wow And I think, too, being being in the music business, that's a a necessary trait because everybody's not going to appreciate your talent. Everybody's not going to support you. And if you're too thin-skinned, you might as well go get a job at Jack in the Box somewhere.
2: (laughs) Right, Exactly. Yes, and of course if somebody puts your what your art down because it's very close to you and if if they say something negative about it, I'm not gonna say it doesn't sting but I always just think, Okay, what well, can I learn from this? How can I get better? Because ultimately I have to be better than everybody else at what I do. So if I get criticized it's like, Okay, I guess it's just not good enough yet. You know, so I so that just drives me to to be better still so nobody can say anything (laughs) let me let
0: me let me ask you this Luann, in that process how much how much do you consider the source Uh, i know that that's important because some people criticize for various reasons they could be just jealous or insecure in their own life you know so how how much how much weight do you put on you know their comments
2: I actually put a lot of weight on, on comments because, especially with what I do, if, if I just wanted to make music to amuse myself, that's one thing. But when you're putting your, your art there out for public consumption, you want mm-hmm. people to connect with it, embrace it. That's, that's why we as artists do that. So what people say definitely matters. And if people are coming from a place of jealousy or something, I'm pretty discerning. I can tell where something's coming from. Um, some people are threatened by by you if you're if you're having success and they feel that you know you sort of surpass them, especially people mm-hmm. that you've known for a long time. Like as soon yes. as you start moving past them, you know they can feel mm-hmm. very threatened by that.
1: And
2: yes. come out with claws <laughs> sharpened, you know. But I can and I know the difference Yeah, it's true. And and I've I've had to deal with a lot of that in my life and um even by my parents, you know. Which is kind of weird, but
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, no, it isn't <laughs> I'm sure Matthew and I, we both can tell you, no, it isn't It, it happens more it's, than we would like sad, to It's sad,
1: but it's true, he's right. Yeah. he's right It
0: happens more than we'd like to, to realize, but it, it happens for a number of reasons I've seen a father jealous of a son because of the son's success The son yeah. you know, became a lot more successful than the dad, and he was able to yeah. uh, buy the mom a house, which is also the dad's house. And, of course, they love the big new house, but in the back of the dad's head, you know, uh, who is my son to do this for me? And the, son, the right. answer was simple. Uh, I'm your son. I mean, why can't I buy you a new house if I'm able to do it? You know, Right, but, right. You know, it, it, it's funny how that works sometimes.
2: Yeah, it's it's very disheartening to think about that because you expect for your parents to be your biggest fans.
3: So when they're not,
2: I think the first the first instinct when when your parents are treating you like that is to feel like you're, there's something wrong with me, because why don't they approve? Why aren't they getting behind me? Some they must think I'm no good, or you know you know that's the first thought process in that. But you you have to get over that and realize that that is. That's not true, and their motivation is coming from something inside of them. It's their stuff. It's not yours. Right. So, but it's, it doesn't make it easier when when they don't support you. I mean, <laughs> I've got stories. You know what I mean? And
0: uh, I was just going to say that's easier. material for another song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I actually, um, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania called Conchahokin, it's a little... No, town. no,
1: that can't be the name of a town, no. Yeah. How do you spell name? it?
2: Yeah. It's... Uh, how do you spell it, you said?
1: Yeah, uh-huh.
3: It
2: is C-O-N-S-H-O-H-O-C-K-E-N.
1: Oh, my goodness. God, yeah, God. so <laughs> it's it's
2: about... It's about a 15, 20-minute drive outside of Philadelphia. Okay. But it's a, just a little town. It's one square mile, and very close, like a little Peyton place, but when I was young, I I couldn't wait to get out of there, of course, and then over the years, whenever I've gone back and visited,
3: I've,
2: you know, I've just kind of come to see that I was sort of blessed to grow up in this little idyllic town, and I went, uh, I went back about three or four years ago, and it was like sort of, I just had this epiphany of why it is that I needed to leave, but Mm. yet, what my purpose was there and everything, so I came back home and I wound up writing ten songs about growing up in Conshohocken, and
3: wow.
2: and I I didn't want it to be trite. I wanted the songs to be really meaningful and deep. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: they're very multi layered and some are sort of abstract, like you wouldn't not necessarily know you know what it was about. But but anyway. I went and did the uh, like an unplugged version of it in the studio, and at some point along this journey of mine, I hope to go in with full orchestra and do this thing up huge. But it's mainly like a like a vanity project for me because it's it was so cathartic to do that and healing actually.
0: Luan, I That's think we great need to go do. find. I think we need to go find the uh yearbook so we can see you as a cheerleader. <laughs>
2: no, I was not the cheerleader. Believe me. <laughs>
1: so one of the one of the things that we're we're talking about is um, unconscious beliefs. So as you were working your way towards your goals, Luan, what kind of unconscious beliefs? tended to get in your way that that you were able to identify.
2: Going back to what I was saying about people being against me and telling me that I couldn't do mm-hmm. it. I never had a problem believing that I that I could do something like I said. That's that's never been an issue. But what where my unconscious beliefs came that hurt me and held me back, I think is that I did have an unconscious belief that no matter what I did, people wouldn't like it. People wouldn't embrace it. I could write the best song mm. that ever came across the pike, and nobody would care. You know, nobody wow. nobody would think it was valuable. So that was a huge one for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because I then I started to, like, consciously I knew that something I did was really good, but then there was a subconscious thing that I would devalue it and, and think, you know, doesn't matter nobody's going to care about this
0: wow was that was you know, that all was that all self-inflicted or were you comparing were you comparing yourself to you know other artists
2: i think it was just because it was that was the way it was when i was growing up no matter if i got straight a's it was like you know well why didn't you get a pluses you know or yeah you got straight a's but you 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 left. You missed a spot when you were dusting your bureau last night, you know. I mean, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, no matter how good I did, there was some other thing wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think that's kind of where I carried that belief from.
0: I could see how that could also make you a driven performer.
1: hmm Yeah, I think you yeah, need to go did. one way or the other. You'd have to totally give up or or become the way you did, which is, thank goodness you did, that you picked yourself up and walked on even when they were saying, what's the purpose in this?
2: Right. Well, like I said, I just have this sort of inborn tenacity. And when adversity comes, I, I just, I get my action plan going and how am I going to rise above it kind of thing.
3: <laughs>
1: well, it sounds <laughs> like, Lou it sounds like you're pretty, pretty aware of what goes on in your unconscious, which is not usual for most people. So congratulations on that. How, how did you get introduced to that? How, how did you get involved in that kind of process? Cause that's not, not very uh, usual that most people are able or willing to do that.
2: Well, I was, you know, I started on this journey 20 years ago and I was, I was, singing and then I started recording at a certain point and my my recordings were getting better and and but I got to a place where I felt like I was just sort of I was creating stuff but nothing else was happening to it. I wasn't able to really um get people to pay attention, and it just didn't Mm -hmm. feel like it was going anywhere. So I started, I said to my husband, I remember going, this is my fault. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I know that I'm blocking success. There's something in me that's blocking this, but I don't know what it is. And so then I I was just like really convinced that that it was me. And I I thought, well, I'm going to do whatever I can to figure out how to uncover whatever I'm um, doing. So the first book I ever read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay, all right. And that's where I learned about the subconscious mind because I never Hmm. really thought about it before, and then that opened my eyes to that. And then I went through this program that, it was an audio program, and to me it was like, you know, 20 years of counseling in an eight-week audio program. It's called The Secret to Deliberate Creation by Dr. Robert Anthony. And it literally just changed my whole life because I suddenly realized that I had, that my thoughts were so powerful, and I could actually create my reality by what I was thinking. hmm but you can't just do that overnight. It's something that you have no, to really work at. True. <laughs> you
1: know? Well, it it takes a lot of uh, a lot of um, commitment to it, and a lot of willing to be honest with yourself, as you said. Because when when you said it's your fault, I'm sure that you now translate that to more like responsibility rather than right. beating yourself up for it. But it's the the most people want to blame other things for what not working in their lives and you had a major step when you stepped back and you said what's going on in me that's causing this or blocking it that's a gigantic step in a person's growth and it's it's a it's wonderful to hear you describe your path about it how what else happened along that way that that moved you forward
2: so i started to just sort of devour any kind of material that had to do mm. with learning how to kind of uncover what your subconscious beliefs were. Uh-huh. And I was doing all sort of audio programs. I I did stuff with um, Dr. Joe Vitale, if you know who he is.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I
2: I just I just read book after book. I journaled, I prayed, <laughs> did a lot of prayer.
3: Wow. You
2: know, just just started opening myself up to you know, the possibility of what lie ahead if I could really change my thought process. Not my external thought process, but my, you know, what was going on underneath.
3: Yeah. And
2: it, so it was just really sort of little by little, but i this is what was really cool because as soon as I started down this road, I started seeing little changes. And suddenly, you know, I'd get, you know, I'd get a call from someone or an email. They heard my song and they had this promotional avenue that they thought I could, you know, go down, or, then I met this guy, he's a really good radio promoter, and he wanted to help me, and he wound up, I didn't even have to pay him, like, he wound up bartering with me for me to do some stuff for him, and he promoted my songs, and he believed in me, he was like the first person in the business who really believed in me, and, Uh you know, so, yeah, as my thoughts changed, my reality began to change. Mm-hmm. And, at, and it keeps, you know, I keep working on it Because I know we never quite get rid of all those thoughts it's never, We never get to that point where we're not somehow yes. Some blocking thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know
1: That seems to be true, and that was my next question I was going to ask you, are you Is it still part of your process of looking at those things And kind of rechecking yourself And it sounds like that's what you do
2: yeah, because as long as there's still things that I haven't achieved, I feel like mm-hmm. then there's still there's still blocks to clear because you know, it says in the Bible, nothing is impossible. You know, when you have God in your life when you believe when you believe in God and you you follow him and you know you assume that mindset of God, nothing is impossible. So if I'm running up against anything that's impossible I have to go, Well, it's gotta be me. I'm doing it <laughs> you know.
1: Well, I, that's a that's an, an, a very, very empowering message to anybody who is listening to this because I know that I, – I think we could pretty much say that everybody has a dream. Everybody has some place they want to go in their lives, and you got a, a rough start, and a lot of people do, and we start to share that dream, and – it really feels bad when the people closest to us try to stomp on it, and you you got through that, and you didn't. You're not sitting here blaming them for ruining your life. You're saying, "I started to look at myself, and that's when I made progress." Right.
0: And well, we're going to we're going to pray, pray for those other people, though, Matt.
2: Yeah, you know, um, this is really interesting because I I think that all the main characters in the Bible are archetypes for us. And and they each certain ones relate to certain people and and it was like one day I just I woke up in the morning and I realized that my path was like Joseph in the Bible they were so similar and the whole journey that I've been through has been like Joseph you know and I and I had all kinds of parallels I wrote them down because wow. there were so many things wow. and and I I shared it with my husband and I said you know what. Look what happened to Joseph. I said, he, he got everything that he dreamed for. And the, the, he, whatever that vision was that God gave him when he was a little boy, mm-hmm. that, that vision materialized in his life. But he went down this long path for it. And I'm sure he did a lot of work on himself along the way to prepare him well, for c- that he
1: certainly got he certainly got major rejection from his family.
2: Well, yeah, and even at the eleventh hour, when he was about to become second in command, somebody was mm-hmm. trying to thwart him. Right, Farah's wife yeah. was trying to accuse him, to mm-hmm. thwart him, and and so it was like, I just thought, you know, that's just that's been my my whole thing. It's like in the music business, everything's happened backwards for me. Most people, when they're young, they discover this talent, they get they get breaks, they get opportunities, but for me, it's just been the exact opposite. It's like the, it's like I'm on my way up at 53 years old, you know, and we're
1: God bless I, you.
0: Yeah. God bless <laughs> so. you. But it's funny I, how too, Unfortunately, we don't have no crystal ball in this industry, and and it doesn't happen till God says time to happen. It never happens when we say it's time.
2: Well, no, That's and
0: true.
2: it's it's all it's different for everyone, but nobody escapes doing their work you have to do your work and -hmm. you look at these celebrities um who are superstars and they wind up dying an untimely death and you know they go down these paths of drugs and alcohol and stuff it's because they didn't do their work and you just don't get to escape it i mean no matter how successful you are that's always going to be there
1: and as long as you're you're speaking some great wisdom here I'm glad to hear you talk like this. This is great stuff. This is really true. I, honestly, I, I, it's wonderful to hear you talk about that. I wanted to ask you one kind of technical question because it was interesting when you said uh, you using the, the the word archetype in relationship to biblical f- figures. Where did you come in contact with that 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 kind of information?
2: It just came out of my subconscious,
1: my, (laughs) you know, I use the word archetype in their everyday conversation on interviews on the radio, you know,
2: that's interesting, yeah, I just, you know, I I mean, I'm I'm pretty intuitive about things, and especially Mm -hmm. things, like, I remember one time a friend of mine, he's a counselor, and he said to me, he said, you see things that other people don't see, and it's true, and sometimes my husband just I think I, I overwhelm him because you know, I'll mm-hmm. be talking about something and he's like, I don't know how to respond to that
1: <laughs> Well what so, you described is is a very uh important concept in in the psychology of Carl Jung, Jungian psychology. Mm-hmm. And um this whole idea about archetypes is is a very powerful idea and to look at the at the Bible character and to see that as like a model of something that has power that you somehow you're deeply connected to that kind of energy is very creative and also very empowering so i'm i'm it's lovely to hear you talk about it
2: yeah it's amazing and i think if everybody found their found that character in the archetype they would see their path so to speak because for me it's joseph and and for everybody it's you know there's there's so many different major bible characters and it's different for different people. But for me, it just happens to be Joseph. I mean, that's the path. But there's there's Moses, and, you know, <laughs> there's David. And, you know, so, I mean, there's just all kinds of, of characters that we can look at. But I don't think God put us here and said, well, just figure it out. You have, I'm not going to give you any clues about what's in store. But we do think that that's true, but it's not. We really... He did really sort of give us a handbook and show us you know this 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 is kind of the energies that are gonna flow, <laughs> but you have to it's like it's like the apostle paul said you ha you know he studied the scriptures like you have to study the scriptures and as you really study them and you see them from a higher perspective, then these this this pearl of wisdom descend from the sky and you go, oh my gosh, this is staring at me all along." Mm -hmm. And like I know, because I saw that Joseph thing, I thought every single one of my dreams is going to come true because my energies in my life are the same as Joseph, and it's followed suit from the moment I was born. So why wouldn't God see me through to the end with that same result? Of course, He's going to.
1: Well, that's a that's a wonderful statement of faith.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Matthew. Yes, sir. No, I was just gonna say, Matthew, Luann, how about uh, we play some of Luann's music?
1: I was just thinking that you read my mind.
0: Oh uh, well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Luann, we have uh, Texas Tears queued up.
2: You oh, want to introduce that? Yeah, this is my latest single and it's been in my catalog for 20 years and we we've always known it was a really strong song but it has a little story of its own but anyway, we finally got to recording it and it's been it's been really successful so far, so I hope you guys like
0: it. All right, Texas Tears y'all, put your ears on this. Just join us. Um, if you'd like to join us in the conversation, speak to Miss Hunt yourself, please press number one on your phone. Uh, we'd be glad to have you. Yes. Tell us a little Luanne, bit more I like about that, that Luann.
1: I, I like that line in the song that says, I don't need to read the headlines, I've already got the blues. I, I, I thought, man, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, I know, and that never
1: that really changes, good. does it?
3: That's
1: good I think Ramon we'll asked you a good question, though Can you, you ask me again, you know, Ramon? Oh, I didn't hear
0: you, you made me forget a little bit what it was I was asking, um, no, I was asking Luana to tell us a little bit oh, more, more about, about that the song. song You know, the uh, recording yeah. process Did you record that in Dallas? I mean, where did you record that? Tell us a little about that
2: Oh, I recorded it here in Apple Valley, where I live, in California. Oh. Um, my husband wrote the song 20 years ago, and we did a little demo of it that was just a guitar and a vocal back then. And we played it for a music publisher that we knew, and she just flipped out. And she wanted to sign it to her Nashville publishing company, but her her partner at the company did not want to sign it because, I guess, you know, they didn't have any ownership in it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she—I guess she was not on. She was not real happy with that. But anyway, so we just kind of shelved the song, and a couple times we had people do do little demos of it over the years. But it just never—I don't know. We just never did anything with it. And then this last year, I said to my husband one day, I'm like, you know, we need to take that song out and dust it off, and maybe try to try to record it because we always knew it was good (laughs) and so i gave it to my keyboard player hal ratliff who i mean the guy's phenomenal as you heard he's he was on tour for years with the righteous brothers he's toured with the grassroots but he's just off the charts amazing and He came up with the whole arrangement and everything for it and just blew us away, too, because, you know, it was just a little folky country thing. And then he turned it into this country blues, and we're like, oh, my God. (laughs) So.
0: See how things happen when it's time? Yeah. Excuse me? No, I'm saying, see how things happen when it's time. You know, it was oh, just time yeah, for you to do yeah, that. Oh yeah,
2: it's so true. Yeah, because I mean, our, you know, the song is nothing like our demo, and uh, <laughs> you know, obviously this national publisher thought it was a good song, and I always knew it was good too. But geez, if she heard it now, she'd just be blown away. I think from where it was, but yeah, it was it was a timing thing, obviously.
0: Okay. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. That's when the magic occurs. You've had a great song all the time, and here it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think too that for me, in my on my artistic journey, I've had to be sort of ready, so to speak, for for the songs to happen. Like I, somehow I had to be prepared in various ways mentally. You know, my my artistry needed to go to another level. My production skills, you know, like I get them when I'm ready for them. So it's it's been interesting
3: <laughs> because I'll tell
2: you what. No, when Hal sent me the the track that he came up with, you know, there was something railing against it inside of me because I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know, you know. And my expertise now as a producer helps me to step outside of that emotional Mm -hmm. aspect of it and go, wait a minute, I think he might be on to something here, let's go with this. But see, I don't know that I would have done that, you know, five years ago. I might have been like, oh, no, no, this is all wrong, just because I I didn't have the experience at that point Mm
0: -hmm. to understand that
2: he just created a hit arrangement, you know what I mean?
0: But that's kind of like growth of an artist as well, too, because a lot of artists can't be produced. And I'm sure you know what I mean by that. They mm-hmm. won't, they, oh, won't yeah. uh, they won't open themselves up. And, you know, you know, you almost have to be a sponge, especially when you're dealing with other producers and you just can't be jaded and just think it's just one way to do things. Because I've learned things from older producers where, you know, my way is just how I know how to do it. But they've been doing this stuff for 20 years before me, and, like, they're going in and zapping right out. And I'm like, what did you just do?
3: hmm
2: yeah it's amazing and the the man that owns my studio the studio where i record his name is eric uglum and my earlier recordings he, you know he sort of was at the helm of all those and and decided what was going to go on and how and this and so i've slowly taken over that role as producer and i i've always kind of had a knack for stuff like that anyway but you know I've learned so much from him because he is the consummate professional. He's worked with the top-of-the-line people in the business. And so when he says something to me, you know, any kind of pieces of advice or anything, I just, you know, the world just goes quiet. I'm all ears. I'm soaking it up because I want to learn. Like we, I remember an early conversation that we had, uh, you know how when you're recording your vocals and they have that little pitch meter on the computer? hmm it's going across looks like a guitar tuner thing and yeah. i'm like so I, you know i went back in and i'm i'm watching this little thing after i do my lead vocals and i i say what what is that doing and he goes oh see when it goes off to the right or the left you're sharp you're flat whatever he goes no it might not be that much where the human ear can notice it but he said you know the the computer's picking it up and i said well it needs to be right in the middle and he goes well no nobody really just has it be in the middle all the time and i said well, I want it to be in the middle all the time. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> that goes so, tenacity.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So and then so we started talking about pitch and he said, you know what? He said, When a singer sings in perfect tune, they don't even have to emote because the human brain recognizes that as perfection and it is and, and people are just moved and they don't even know why they're moved.
1: That's beautiful.
2: I know and and he said, you know, that's so that's the goal. And we talked about some certain singers that had that like John Denver. He he's he's like my musical idol, but he sang in that perfect tune, you know. Um James Taylor was very very he wasn't as good as John, but he you know, the other one that had that is Frank Sinatra. If you listen mm. to any anything of him live, you'll get the chills how in tune he is. But Anyway, I just thought that's my goal. I want to beat that machine and be imperfect too. <laughs> you know. So, against the
0: machine. Hey, look, Luann against the machine.
1: 2016 in the future. That's, a, that's an amazing story. How are you doing with that machine, Luann?
2: Oh, oh, I'm doing great. I beat mean, in fact. you getting it's
1: great better and better?
2: Oh, yeah, and and Eric said when I was recording, I think it was the Texas Tears vocal, he's like, I didn't have to fix anything, <laughs> so I was like, yay. Oh,
1: my
3: goodness.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, and what I do is before I go in to do my final vocal, I sing the song probably at least 500 to 1,000 times. And I just keep singing it and singing it and singing it and singing it, and then then I sit and I listen and I listen and I just let the words go through my mind and listen for the t- where each note needs to be. <laughs> you know <what> I
3: mean,
2: <laughs> I'm really I don't know, but when he told me that if I could sing in perfect pitch that I would move people, that did it. You know? Yeah,
1: that's a that's a that's a that's a very meaningful and powerful statement that. Could have implications for all kinds of things, but certainly in music and, and singing, that's 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 a great statement.
2: Well, do yes, we you a, want to hear some have... too? This... Hmm.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we after... want to hear. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, this, this is amazing. I, I sang a couple years ago at a festival up in Maine, and um, one of my radio promoters was up there. And uh, after I did my show and everything and he called me like when i came back to california and he was going on and on and on about how how great my show was and, the snap. and he goes when you were singing i looked at my buddy that was sitting next to me and 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 i said to him it's like god showed up and i mean i knew but i knew it was i knew what it was i knew it was what eric said i i it was the pitch you know cuz you just don't hear people sing that in tune
1: Let's go back to something you said in the beginning. That really struck me, Luann. And you said, I don't know if I can quote you exactly, but you said you didn't feel like you were a natural at this.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And it, I'm not understanding that now because it sounds like you are. So, And you're a natural who's developed it. But could you go back and say a little bit what you meant by that? Because that, that was a really interesting statement to me.
2: Well, when I was a kid and I would try to sing along with the radio, you know, you're singing to males, females, you know. I mean, I
1: just,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I just didn't like have it. You know what I'm saying? Like some, some kids can sing along and they sound really good and they're they're pretty much in tune. But I mean, I just was all over the place with my voice and um, I tried out for choir in grade school year after year and they wouldn't let me in, and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so I wow. mean, I just.
0: Didn't,
1: yeah. That's pretty when bad, because they usually it,
0: let everybody
1: in. Yeah, he's <laughs> right about that. He's right. I had a friend who couldn't sing at all. He got in the high school choir. <laughs> it was well, like, oh yeah. no, give me a break. But how how did you get it zeroed in?
2: You know, I decided when I was I was about 22, 23 years old, and uh, I had gotten married and came to California, and they had a Uh, They had a junior college that had a lot of music classes and things, and they had a voice class. And I decided to just go down there and take, you know, just take the class and see if I could try to figure this out, you know. I was terrified. (laughs) But uh, I remember I just – we were doing these vocal exercises the first day of the class, and I was so – Nervous that I almost passed out. I was just taking in like way too much air. <laughs> but I sort of, you know, learned in that class because we had to sing a lot of folk music, and folk is very complimentary to my voice. So I learned all these little folk songs, and of course they were easy to sing. And it was like it was like putting training wheels on my voice in a sense because I was I was starting to hear where the notes belonged, you know. And then one time we had to sing. A solo in front of the class, and the teacher said, "Well, it has to be one of these folk songs out of your textbook." And I picked this song called "The Gypsy Rover." And I know
3: that song.
2: I, yeah, it's a great tune. And I went into rehearsals with the piano player uh, a couple of days before the class, and you know, I start singing it with, you know a lot of conviction because it just felt good in my voice. And he starts playing it, and, and halfway through he, he stops playing it, and he turns around and he goes, oh, my God, because, you know, he had heard me sing before, and he's like, what happened? It's like night and day. And I said, I don't know, I just, the song feels really good. So then the next couple nights later I sang it in class, and I got a standing ovation in the class. I mean, the people were screaming and yelling, and, wow. you know, they couldn't even believe it because, you know they had heard me sing. You know what I'm saying. And now they're hearing me do this, and it was like, holy moly! <laughs>
1: How old were you then? How old were you?
2: I was probably like 22 or three years old. Okay. Wow. So then I started to get a feeling. Okay, maybe I can do this. I mean, of course, I have a long way to go, but obviously, I did something right today because they reacted. So you like s- that. you would
1: say you had to, you had to love the song.
2: I think it was that it had to be a fit, and I I always oh, talk to artists okay. about this, too, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like finding your lane, because, you know, your voice is going to sound good in certain genres, and that's just the way it is. And if you find that fit for your sound, you can really build on that then. <clears throat> um, and I think that's what happened with me. Like, I, folk music was just, it's like I was born to sing it, you know, so, but I didn't know that until I
1: took that class. I think that's a that's a really important statement for people listening to pay attention to that you you went from from such kind of negative responses to 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 your talent to then finding a way to connect with it in a much more meaningful way, and it has led to some. Great success and satisfaction for you and in uh, a whole a whole career and a life based on music that had you just listened to the people who started out become, when you started out you wouldn't be talking to us right now or we wouldn't be listening to your music
2: no i, I you know <laughs> that's so true
3: yes. but thank
2: you know thank goodness that i i don't I listen to my inner voice. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: and that's that's what we all really need to do is listen to the inner voice because I always say we all come on the planet with with a knowing of where we're supposed to go. You have an inner roadmap, you know. Whether you follow it, that's your choice. But you can follow it. It's not saying it's going to be easy, but if if you do follow that, then you're going to be equipped along the way. Nobody just well, you here,
1: you know. I think you're 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 saying something that for me is really important, and that is. As you listened and you went for the perfect pitch, you've also apparently learned how to listen to the perfect pitch of your inner voice, too. And it takes some practice to do that, to really hear it, because it doesn't yell and scream at us most of the time, and it requires a certain kind of discipline to be able to hear it. But you've been able to do both, and that, that's, a, that's a beautiful um, combination,
0: Matthew, I'd like to get another song of Leanne's, and, you know, That's we cool. got like seven minutes left, but I'd like to play something else uh, by Miss Hunt, if you don't mind, Leanne. Sure. Um, so It Goes, how about that? Okay. few minutes of the show, and I'd like Luann to say thank you from everybody can a play a play, and before you go, would you please tell our listeners where they can go get your music, contact you?
2: Yes, um, you can contact me at www.luannhunt.com, and there's all kind of music files and videos and things on there. I'm on Facebook under Luann Hunt Indie Country Star and I'm on Twitter at Luann Hunt and YouTube at Luann Hunt
3: <laughs> so pretty much Luanne, type my name. Hmm. Luann Hunt D-
0: everywhere the in the event. world <laughs>
3: yes,
1: uh, yes. <laughs> Luann it's been wonderful talking to you you're an inspiration and thank you for taking the time to be with us
2: Oh, it's been great. I usually you don't get to talk this in depth on radio shows, so it's really awesome.
0: No, we really, really, really appreciate you and really enjoyed it because there's a lot yeah. of uh, artists that's out there uh, striving to you know follow their dream and.
3: Mm-hmm. What you've
0: done so It, it definitely yeah. be benefited to them And again we thank you And appreciate you and we will Support you and this show Will be available too for those that missed It you know wherever you get your Podcast from it'll be available In our archives as well And if you Please go listen To the beginning I'm sure you know Luann gave you some jewels that could help Benefit you in your career mm-hmm. And um Let everybody know where you heard it, and thank you so much. And, uh, Matthew, say thank you.
1: God bless you, Luann. Thanks for being with us. God bless you, Lamont, and have a great rest of your Father's Day.
0: All right, and we're going to take our listeners home with another Miss Luann Hunt. Oh, cool. Bluegrass, ride your way home with this one, y'all.